Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast today. We're talking about getting hung up on the small things. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Plum Investment Group. Guys, do you have a property that you need funding for? Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land purchase. It's truly an awesome deal, guys. And just to be clear, this isn't a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor and go check out the website at PlumInvestmentGroup.com. Happy Friday, sir. Hey, happy Friday. Man, it's, uh, it's kind of surreal. I think this is only the second podcast shot in the office this year. Am I right or wrong? We're pretty close. That sounds right. Because we've we, we got flooded out right before Christmas Eve. Still not full one hundred percent operational in the office. Your office went unscathed. The luck that you have, the the, <laughs> the four leaf clover in your pocket, and mine, they have got trim up. Now we're waiting on floors, and uh, we're coming back. Yeah. And then we also got hung up with ice. Ice thunderstorm. The weather's just been jail bar. Yeah, jail bar. Yeah, it's been a bunch of crazy stuff this year, but. I mean, we're here today. They got, yeah, like you said, paint and all that stuff. And so it's coming. It's coming quick. You know, in today's topic, you said not getting home up in little things. I mean, that's a pretty big fucking thing is not having your office and having a ton of water dumped down on your desk. But yet here we're still trying to persevere, still getting out these shows that, again, you're just they're, they're tracking the journey. And it, it amazes me the little things that people get hung up on. Yeah, well, I mean, there's all sorts of things. And, um, I was just thinking when you said that, made me think, is getting your office flooded out something you could get hung up on? Can't, like, that you could. Like, well, my office is ruined. I'm not working. Yeah, fuck it. I, I got to take the month <laughs> off. I'm just going to cry. I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to bitch about it. No, I had to go home and I get to deal with my lovely wife coming to see me about every couple minutes to ask questions. And my beautiful four-year-old to, hey, daddy, watch this trick. And <laughs> while you mentioned the weather, that means the kids weren't at school either. Yeah. They were at home. Yeah. Well, I was in the... Uh, Working in the kitchen yesterday because that's what I do when I'm at home. And Sarah comes in and mm-hmm. she's she's like, "Hey, can I get ice?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, get ice." And so she's like, and then it's like super loud. And then I guess that was the okay for everybody. <laughs> no, no, to, to make all sorts of racket. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, "Oh my gosh." Anyway, yeah, I get it. I get it. I told I told you earlier that I don't. It was my Twitch that I've developed over the last few weeks. I don't know if it's stress-related or if it's just not being able to have the time in the office to decompress from the day. And I was reading an article uh, yesterday. Is Researchers have found that commuting to work actually is better for your mental health than actually working virtual. While everybody's like, oh, work-life balance, I can work from home. They said the time needed for that decompression for the commute home is actually a pretty good thing for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had those moments... Um when I had a job and I was driving home, you don't even have the radio on. Oh, those days. So many of those days. <laughs> so many of those days. You're just like, I remember one day was so bad. I was, When I was working for the railroad, I was in Pottsboro. I was driving down 377 coming through Whitesboro, and there's a bridge right there. And I just remember, no radio on. I'm just looking at this bridge going, I bet I could jump into that lake and think that they would give me a day off. <laughs> I told my boss that the next day because he called. He goes, you don't sound right. Something sounds odd. And I said, well, I was driving over a bridge yesterday, and I thought about driving off of it. And he goes, what? They pulled my call log, and it, they, they showed that I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting any 
uninterrupted sleep. So I was uh, on average getting a call every hour and like 30 minutes throughout the night. And this had been going on for months. And so they, they changed when they could call me and I had to turn my phone off for four hours a night. So I got four hours of uninterrupted sleep. Was that uh, you being an overachiever at that position? Because I got to assume a lot of those guys didn't answer those calls at night. I think so, because I was probably supposed to be the third person that would get called. And like as you go through the, the chain of command, if you will. So they would have they should have called like the mechanic and then the MOP and then they would call me and I would answer because those other two didn't answer. Well, they just got tired of calling them because they never answered and they would call me. And so it became a quick fix. But that that's a. Yeah, that's it's. Sometimes you do it to yourself, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, we talk about little things, and you know, this topic came up to me because I'm sitting in the post office, and I'm watching this lady just struggle with making a decision on stamps of all things. Something you're going to see for a second when you put it on the envelope, throw it in the mailbox, and she couldn't decide between flowers or elves, and she sat there. I'm in line. There's seven other people behind me. There's one person working the desk, and she's sitting there struggling on elves or flowers. She's holding it up, looking at both, asking the guy his opinion, and I'm sitting here thinking, ma'am, you're going to take it off, stick it on the envelope, and be done with it. The person's going to get it, read their name on it, open it, pull the stuff out of the inside, and throw it away. I didn't understand that, and I I think that it, it, it goes a lot into the decisions we make in our business and what we do, and so many people get hung up, and I'm I, I struggling with this, and I, I think as we talked last week, we had a few comments come back to us about that inner inner bitch or trying to get down on that. And, you know, a lot of times the discipline, also the second part of that is just making the decision, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's continue moving forward. And so those little decisions, they if you get hung up on them now, you're, you're not going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, being in our position, we see all sorts of people in, like, every, in their business, right, because we, we coach people, we help yep. people, right? And you see a lot of people like, oh, the wording of the letter or, mm-hmm. or the font or what the what the outside of your envelope looks like or did I pick a right county did I price it right like yeah even I'm talking about like well I offered 730 should I offer 725 you know well, uh, 72547 <laughs> is that okay I mean I, I look at it this way and it's 731 27 is fine go you know just yeah. like here's your permission just do it like yeah. something yeah yeah and those are things that like something like that doesn't really matter mm-hmm. you know and those things, if you like, get hung up on. Let's say you're like looking at a property and you're just you're looking at it for a week, right? Mm-hmm. That's way too long. Yeah, because uh, especially if you've been doing this any amount of time, due diligence mm-hmm. or putting your blind offers together or something, those are like like hour, max, yes, right type of deal. You know, I mean, you're not spending a day or a week or two weeks or a month or whatever working on this stuff. I, I agree 100, percent and that's it's. So, is it what what causes that? that uh, indecision or that that getting hung up on that little thing is it an emotion is it a fear is it a is it a lack of confidence maybe they just don't have the track record they haven't done the reps enough time what do you think well my initial gut says fear okay but i think that fear comes from not putting in the reps okay um which Putting in the reps builds confidence to overcome that fear. Like so, that's probably what I guess I'm trying to say. It's a mixture of all that. It's right? a cyclical thing, there. Yeah. I I agree. I and I like I look at these properties and I'll have somebody send me this long like dialogue on on something and I, I'm reading it and it's like, hey, I've got this property. I'm just not sure because it has this like six miles away or and it's got this and I'm like, okay, like what what makes this property something that would be that you would do? Does it does it have access? Can we get on the property? Yeah, I can get on the property. Okay, great. Is it flat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's flat. Does it, it's not, it's buildable. Meaning when I say flat, I don't mean it's perfectly flat. It's buildable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a flood zone? No, 
Is it a wetland? No. How much is it worth? Well, that's worth sixty thousand dollars. What do you have an offer price at? And they're they're agreeing to twenty five. Okay, so what, where where's? Are you sure that it's? Oh, well, yeah. we're going through everything. All the data we have is there, and that's you know. Okay, so next we got to worry about title. Title company is going to take care of that. If you're using title, you know, self close. That's why we've kind of moved away from the self closing stuff, is because they'll take care of the legal risk for us on the backside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to look at a property. I don't think if I had to, to uh, didn't have the room for title. Man, I I just closed one self closed in Oklahoma last week in Pittsburgh County, and I did that just because not because there wasn't money in it. I just didn't want to wait the six weeks mm-hmm. for the abstract. So I, I, these people have owned it. It's been in the same the same lady. Has owned it. She moved it into her family trust, and they've owned it thirty plus years. I was like, "Yeah, let's <laughs> see what happens." So yeah, she was related to that lady that I bought mine from. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. It's it was five thousand dollar buy. It's going on the market at twenty five this weekend. So, not. I mean, it's not a ton of risk, but I wanted to get something up and going with with this deal. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I didn't get hung up on the. Oh my gosh, you know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So. I mean, that is true. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, was, I mean, when's the last time you self-closed one? A couple years? On the, Well, no, I take that back. I self-closed a couple in Brewster last fall um, just because it was, again, there's six weeks out there. I look at it. The guy bought it from the original company that had uh, had done the um, the subdivide there. The Terra, I think it's Terramar. It's Terralingua, but I think it's called Terramar was the original company. So they had the original deed from them. So I was like, well, yeah. It's got to be pretty safe. Mm-hmm. He would sign a warranty deed. Him and his wife are still alive. They both signed on it. We bought it. It went through title on the sell side. Both both were fine, perfectly clean. But those are very small instances where I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, you could have uh, gotten hung up on the fact that, like, and I haven't done this in a long time. I, yeah. I don't even know. I'd have to, like, go back through and figure out how to do all that stuff. At oh, this yeah. Point. <laughs> luckily, luckily, in our course, we have all that stuff still there. I have the files that we have. And, and I have them saved by state too, like okay, Texas self close or Texas deed, or you know Oklahoma deed and uh, type of deeds that we did we use there. But you know, I you know you mentioned a couple small things that you see guys get hung up on, guys and girls get hung up on, you know, like the wording of their letter. You know, it's is it going to make a difference if there's an and or if it's spelt wrong or if it's you know not just perfect or did I do I have to hire a copywriter to write this letter or can I use Chat GP and it and and write this letter? You know, it's just getting it out there and showing the pitch, whatever your pitch is, is, hey, I'd like to buy your property. Hey, it's it's just a matter of getting in front of that person and finding that opportunity. They don't care if you don't know how to spell the right there or there. <laughs> you know, it's it, it doesn't really matter. If you signed it, I don't personally sign CEO or president, you know, and I always have uh, either a lady's name as the acquisition manager. It kind of softens the blow, in my opinion. Would it make a difference if I signed it Justin or Peyton? No, it's not going to make a difference at the end of the day. Whether they see ca- they see value in the cash offer you're making to them. And I think secondly, you what you mentioned counties. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one's a tough one for me because I'll get on a call and somebody goes, "Well, is this the right county?" Well, yeah, I've done a deal there; it works. Well, so is it going to work right now? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't I, know. I, I don't know if there's going to be the person on the other end of your letter that has the that sees your letter and says, "You know what? This is an opportunity to offload this property." I can't guarantee that, mm-hmm. but I can guarantee somebody's going to look at your letter. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that you have a chance, and you a better chance when you send the letter than if you don't send the letter. We're not sending the marketing, no matter what it says. Yeah, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get any calls. The idea is, wh- whether your letter is perfect or your offer is perfect or whatever, mm-hmm. is to get those people to call you yep. so that you can talk to them. Yep. Whether they're screaming at you or not. Yep. You know, and 
so that you can get that chance to make that offer. I was, t- I don't know who I was talking about this the other day, but have we ever figured out? Well, I know I haven't, but how many letters get, and then how many phone calls, how many of, phone, of those phone calls are people you talk to of that, how many people you offer? And then I have that of how many do you actually buy? You know, like I sent a thousand letters. I talked to a hundred people, 50 of those people actually wanted to sell and negotiated on 25. I ended mm-hmm. up buying two, right? Yep. Something like that. Have yeah. you ever done anything like that? Yes. Yes. Uh, so typically for me, it's a, a two to five percent response rate. Good, bad, or indifferent. Go fuck yourself. Or yeah, I want to talk to you. And then we close one for twenty five hundred. And, and that number may float between one for twenty four forty seven and one for twenty six nineteen. You know, it kind of floats in that range. Yeah, yeah I've I've done that. I would, I'm guessing I'm trying to say is how many people on the phone. Yeah, yeah, we do. So every lead, email, phone call that comes back in, we we capture as a lead. And then um, you know whether it's just a contact. And then whether we make an offer and then what we actually close, we, we, we set those three different precedents for us in our, in our data. Somebody was asking, like, they've been doing cold calling for houses for so long. Like, what if I start cold calling for land? How many people am I going to have to talk to to buy one deal? And yeah. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I had a ringless voicemail come in yesterday on a property in Oklahoma. It's like, hey, man, this is Sean. Hey, you, you have this parcel down there. Um, I just want, you know, I just wonder if you want to sell it. We, me and my wife are trying to buy some property over there. If you, if you want to sell it, just give me a call. Yeah. I was just curious if you want to sell that parcel. Didn't have any parcel number. Didn't have, remember this, Sean, just ask for me or Kaylee or whatever the name was. It was a ringless voicemail. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I just gotten a offer in the day before on a property that I owned and I sold, but I kept the minerals. Like, and this is the first time it's ever paid off. I hadn't told you this yet. Um, I told you every time I buy one, we always sever the minerals. Remember, I always put the stop on the deed there that's surface only when we sell. That way, if the minerals fall through it. And it's uh, the options are, it's 14 acres. Um, the options are $1,100 um, per acre bonus uh, down to a $500 per acre, but it changes the royalties on the back end. So at, at best, if I want the smallest royalties, it's like a... Fifteen, sixteen thousand dollar lease payment. If I want the biggest royalties and the smallest, it's going to be like right at seven hundred or seven thousand dollar bonus for the first lease, and it's a two year lease and has a two year extension for uh, some more. So, so you get to pay a bonus up front and then monthly uh, royalties when they if they drill and they uh, hit. That's cool. Yeah. So I was talking to Josh because he's an operator about that. So which one? He goes, well, there's some things I need to redline in here. He goes, how bad do you want me to go through it? And I was like, just tell me which one of the three mm-hmm. if I can negotiate. He goes, yeah, you can negotiate here. You want these royalties based on this. He says the average well there, if it's 20 barrels a month, and he goes, and that's really low. It's conservative, but it's going to pay you for the, if I take the $500 a month one, it'll pay me $600 a month for 15 years because that's where the average well length is there. That's good money. <laughs> yeah. I was I like, know. wow. <laughs> After all this time, one actually paid off with wow. the, with that. Well, congrats. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. But again, hung up on the little things. Do is that's one of those things that we started early on is because we knew that uh, one of the first counties I worked had minerals attached to these deeds, and so we just kept them and just said, "Hey, surface only, surface only, surface only." Um, and you know, here we are, seven years later, it paid off. Wow. It'd be nice if a few more of those hit. Yeah, yeah. I might be able to. Uh, um, I don't know what I'd be able to do with that kind of money. <laughs> Continue to make your truck payment. Yeah, I don't have to make it anymore. One of the businesses make it. Well, someone. <laughs> someone. It, it just, I'm just saying, in case something ever fell through, you can yeah. always. Maybe I could buy another Cobra. For 600 a month? I don't think so. That's how much my last one was. Okay. I'd All have to put a lot of money down now. The prices <laughs> have gone up. Yeah. So. Well, cool. I mean, I, what other little things do you think people have gotten hung up on? Well, just about everything. I mean, I, I don't know specifically, but it's not something that's just... Um, just a few few items, right? Okay. People will get hung up on any and everything and slow down 
um, whatever they're doing. Yeah, I think one of the other more common ones are, do you have to have a CRM? If you only have one property, what are you worried about? Like you put an Excel file, keep track of it there. Um, you have nobody that works for you, so it's only you that sees your business, so you don't need that. Um, the phone, like is the phone number assigned to the state that you're working or is that you're just, oh, yeah, you're just, yeah. you're, you're being a worry wart. Stop. Just yeah. put the phone number on it. If you're really worried, make it a 1-800 number. I don't, I wouldn't even do that. Uh, I just put it from where I'm at. It matches my address of where my thing is. Yeah. PO box, traveling mailbox, whatever that is. Shit. Mine for the first six months to a year were my home address. And then my attorney told me I probably should stop doing that when I was mailing stuff for him. Um, and then. That's, that's generally all the stuff that the new people worry about. Yeah. yeah I actually just talked to someone about all that exact same stuff. And a lot of those things I always classify as wants, like mm-hmm. the things that they were hung up on. Well, should I get a traveling mailbox? Should I get a website? Should I get a phone answering service? Like uh, to me, I always classify those. And I know this is a different kind of different subject, but I was like, those are wants like yeah. a CRM. You don't need those to do your business. And so yeah. don't get hung up on the idea that I have to have all that stuff because I was reference josh again you know his first two deals out in jack county mm-hmm. were very high dollar profit and he didn't have his own facebook page at the time i don't think yeah like, and I, like and a I, personal one I'm, I'm glad you even mentioned the website because i i somebody asked me the other day go well why do you have a sell website and i go i've I said just because y'all look me up and see i said there's no reason to have a sell website for me and my business model because i use brokers other than it it provide some validity this people seeing the type of deals that we do and it kind of matches that but that's the only reason buy website it adds credibility it's a basic big business card yeah. that's all it is yeah my buy website is one page it's nothing fancy it's got a video on me of it now which is like the most fancy it's been in <laughs> years years yeah. so um yeah it's just just once so. yep so well cool i like it man i think that was a good topic today and i i'm trying to think if there's anything that they like the more experienced investor would be hung up on. I think a lot of that has to do with like just getting out there with banks and, and maybe not being scared to take on a little bit of leverage or, mm-hmm. or something of that nature, like understanding what those lo- look like and, you know, whether a point here or a point there really makes a big difference. Yeah. And I think that probably all falls into understanding the new business, like an yep. experienced person. So used to doing things the exact same way they've done it. Mm-hmm. And now you're, let's just take people who are doing normal bass boat flips and now they're going to subdivides, right? Mm-hmm. It's a totally different business. It is because you find properties still the same way, but also different ways. And there's a whole lot diff- more different people involved and there's mm-hmm. different things to learn. And that fear, I guess, for lack of a better word, can get you hung up because it's so new and you, yeah. you haven't done the reps yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was looking at what I have that's in under contract. It's an escrow to sell. It's closing. And I was thinking about like how those deals actually went full cycle because you, you see so many people say, oh, text message is the only way. So many people saying direct mail is the only way. And I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, um, I think there's there's eight properties that are in closing right now. Um, out of that, I'd split it in thirds essentially. And it's not quite even. There's one off. But between direct mail that came from being on market um, or came from text message. And so there is all three disciplines of inbound in all doing the exact same thing, all about the same margin of all about the same cost of acquisition. There wasn't one that really was better. I mean, the on market stuff, you didn't pay anything for acquire, but you're having to look at a lot more deals to, mm-hmm. to get that. So you have some sweat equity in that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else? No, man, that's it. Okay. We'll end it there then. Um, as always, uh, do us a favor, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, give us a like, follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening to us, like, wherever you're going to subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.